0: This is podcast number eight. We can talk about cancer. Welcome to this podcast. My name is Carrie Stoker. I'm a certified life coach, and I help Latter-day Saint women strengthen their family relationships. When you have a child who struggles with mental illness, there are all kinds of challenges that are involved in your family and among the relationships there. And I can show you through scripture and stories how to navigate this challenging road. Hi, folks. Hey, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I wanted to just give you an update on the wellness conference that I'm involved in on May 14th. Everything is just up and running. All the links, everything's working, and I'm so thrilled about the lineup of speakers, entertainment. Um, We're going to have a soundable experience for people who opt into the VIP. So it's just going to be an amazing thing. Check that out on the website, VibrantLivingWellnessConference.com. Many of my listeners do not live in the Utah area, but what's so awesome is that we're going to have this wellness conference live streamed. And so you can get a virtual ticket for just an amazing price. So go check out the website and uh, get yourself a ticket. Grab one of those quick. The The seating for in the conference is limited. However, the seating is not limited, of course, virtual, but all the prices are going to go up after May 5th because it's early bird pricing right now for the next, what is that, three weeks? So grab yourself a ticket. It's going to be fun. Okay. Last night, I am crawling into bed alone again for the second night in a row because I have some COVID symptoms and my husband runs three bakeries and it's the week before Easter. It gets really busy. We cannot afford for him to get sick. Or just spread it to anybody else. And when you have symptoms that sort of look like COVID, then that makes people nervous. And so anyway, he is out on the couch. But when I'm crawling into bed, I'm I'm it makes me think about how there are some things that you just don't talk about. And it's fine to talk about your husband sleeping on the couch if, oh, I've got a I got COVID symptoms. And so we want to make sure he doesn't get sick. And, you know, people understand that. But if it's for other reasons, I probably wouldn't say anything. Like if I was angry at him or something, and you know, okay, we're, you're sleeping on the couch or something like that. I'm not going to be broadcasting that one. Many years ago, I was teaching in Relief Society. And I was talking about beautiful chandelier that hangs in the temple in the celestial room and how that chandelier like if each little crystal um had like it, it feelings in it and so uh, when all of those were cut how that how that would feel so uncomfortable right how that would just be so painful for the little crystals if they could feel all those little cuts but when it is then all shaped and put together into this beautiful chandelier. That is a magnificent thing. And so when you look at this this beauty of that and consider that it took a bunch of little cuts, you know, a little that shaping would have been painful. Um that yeah it it takes that. It takes that kind of that kind of pain to go through to be shaped into something amazing. So anyway, I was teaching that idea in Relief Society. And I looked and saw a sister in the room who has a child with cancer and, uh, and looked at her and, uh, I just said, and case in point, just look at this sister and almost the whole ward knew that their child had cancer. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone there did, but just case in point, look at how beautiful this woman is to all of us. We watch her. We watch her faith. And her strength and how she's such a support to others and such an inspiration to others because of her, the way she is, um, I guess, just dealing with such a challenging thing for their family. And, and so we talked about that and there were some tears about that, how we could see that, yes, something so challenging and so painful and so hard was actually creating such a beautiful masterpiece in this woman. Then then as I looked around some more in the room, I noticed a few other women. I noticed one who has a son with an alcohol problem, their teenage son. I noticed another one whose husband has an addiction to pornography. And I noticed another one who has a child with schizophrenia and really concerned about that child's safety. And I, I looked at them as we're all considering like, yes, you know, trials can make us just so beautiful, but we don't Talk about those other ones, right? That's not something like I point out really Relief Society. Oh, yeah, and sister that has the child with schizophrenia and how, you know, your concerns about her safety, how you're getting so beautiful. I, you know, it just is, it's such a, um, I don't, there's just some things that we really don't talk about, but we can talk about cancer. And most of the people knew about the cancer of the child, and only a handful of people know that this woman has a child with schizophrenia. Everyone in that room has the access to Christ's atoning sacrifice. His sacrifice covers all that is seen, and it covers all that is unseen, all of that struggle and pain. He has atoned for all of that, whether or not we can talk about it. In Isaiah chapter 53, uh, verses four through five, this is, Isaiah is talking about Christ and he said, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And at the end of verse five, it says, and with his stripes, We are healed. And so Christ's sacrifice is there to take care of all of the struggle, all of the suffering, and all of the pain. And we can be healed in all of this. And and that is the beauty that comes from such challenging circumstances. Christ's healing tentacles are eternally feeling after us. They can reach us anywhere, to any depth, to um, obscure places. They can reach us at anywhere. We are never too far gone, or struggle is never too difficult. That that he cannot reach us, and so there's. I just offer this beautiful ray of hope that I in my own turn, received on many occasions when the struggle was, especially when the struggle was unseen. Not very long ago, I was asked, so how's your daughter doing? In fact, I was asked that several times in uh, in a course of a couple of weeks. And my first question in my mind was, my daughter, uh, which one? And I'm thinking in my head, do they know the daughter that has cancer? Do they know I have two daughters that right now are really compromised in their mental health? Um, which, which daughter are you asking about? And then most of the time they'll say, Oh, you have a daughter that has cancer, right? Like, okay. Yeah, I do. I have a daughter with cancer. And then we'll have a long chat about that and how she's doing and they will offer their prayers for her, and anything else you know they'll say, "Is there anything we can do anything at all we would be so happy to help and um yeah, they're just there's there's just a free flow of conversation when it's the daughter with cancer now, if they actually were inquiring about one of the other daughters because there are a few that were aware of their mental health condition. And, um, you know, those conversations typically are brief, um, general, they're very general in, you know, how things are going on. And always, I'm just so grateful for their interest. And thank you for asking, I'll say, but, um, in, in those cases, I'm not as likely to say, please, please, please pray for her. It it depends. It depends on the friend or who's asking. But, you know, in most cases, the conversation is not as um, intimate and detailed, I guess I'll say. And it's okay. You know, that's totally okay. That's how I think that should play out. And at least for now and for, um, and with those people. And so all of that is okay. It's just to say that cancer, you can talk about that one and mental health challenges. That one takes a little more delicacy in my experience. One time a friend knocked on my door and she had this pot of flowers And so I brought her in I'm like, oh my goodness, what are you doing here? We really hadn't had much interaction for some time. And she said, well, either I did something that really offended you or hurt you, or you are really struggling with something because the last couple of times I have seen you, you haven't interacted in a way that's typical right? I I think I must have kind of dismissed her or I, or maybe I just didn't really notice her. or Maybe I had like a funny look on my face. I think that's what it is. I think I had more like a funny look on my face or something. And um, anyway, she didn't know how to interpret it. And so, but what she said was either way, whatever it was, I did something or you're really struggling either way, I figured you needed some flowers either to give my apologies or to help you just know that I'm here and, and I love you. It was so, so sweet. And so, um, yeah, no, it was definitely not anything she did. I was concerned about a daughter. I was very concerned about her during this time frame. And so easily could have been that, that my mind was so occupied, um, with the concerns around the daughter that, um, that I, I just, you know, came across different than normal. And, and, you know, I, I couldn't expound on what was going on and that's okay. Um, because I felt like I I needed to keep some privacy. I had some I had some fears of my own, maybe some possible embarrassments of some things that maybe were going on that I wanted to I just didn't want to expound on, but it was so so sweet of this sister. Often uh families are silently suffering those that have mental illness in their family if they have ADHD or depression or a bipolar disorder and you'll see them starting to isolate and many of you might be able to you know this resonates with you because you are my audience many of you have mental illness in your family and so you'll see this you just start to isolate um yeah there's a lot of emotions going on for you the anger fear you might feel overwhelmed and all of this can be very draining but there is replenishment through Christ our savior there is and one thing that i found that the prayers um that people will offer are so sustaining and I didn't really, um, I didn't really notice this as much until I had a daughter with cancer and people and more and more and more people were saying that they were praying for her and for the family. And I know that when I would go to the temple, the matron or assistant, the matron would say that so often her name was on the temple prayer, on the temple prayer roll and So, so many people praying for her and for us, and I could feel that sustaining power. And then it helped me reflect on um, other times when it was mental illness that I was asking for prayers and how I was sustained through such a difficult time, me and family and, and my children. Um, we were sustained through such a difficult time because of the prayers of family and those close to us that that knew us and knew what was going on, and I'm so grateful for those prayers. And just want to testify that Christ can replenish that kind of sorrow and suffering, and and like, can replace it with calm and peace, even though things are tough. In general conference, there have been a few talks on mental illness over the years. And I loved these talks. You know, in a way, I felt like I was seen and heard. And it gave me the courage to just talk a little bit more about my experiences. It helped me make that more of a um, conversation with people that I knew that there was challenges in, in their life and their family with mental health issues. And I just was so grateful. I I'm so grateful for those talks about, about mental illness. And there's so many beautiful resources on the church's website to help, uh, also to just kind of help identify mental illness, how to support, how to love, how to reach out to other people that you, you know, might consider you might be concerned about. And because of the encouragement to be a little more vocal, um, a little more aware, reach out a little bit more to those around me, I've learned through practice how to ask others how they are doing and what they might sound like, and if they have thoughts about harming themselves or if they have looked into getting professional help. And So all of that it doesn't take, you know, great skills or anything, but there are some beautiful resources there on uh, thechurchofjesuschrist.org. So I suggest um, that's a place to start, you know, if you're if you're wondering how to approach friends or family and and how to ask those questions. What I want to end up here with are, I have three suggestions to help create a little more space for conversations about mental health. Because again, like it's just, it's so easy to talk about cancer. It is. And it may stay that way and that's okay. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to have a few more conversations about mental health because it just it feels so nice to be able to just talk to some people and it, for me it was just so nice for me to be able to reach out and talk to a few people who could understand what I was going through okay my first suggestion on creating a little more space for conversation for someone who you see who is really struggling like you Perhaps you learn that um, they are cutting themselves or that they are manic and, and aren't sleeping and maybe they're ADHD and really, really struggling to stay in school and, you know, whatever it is. But I found that if I say something like, I know that this is not your fault. I remember the first time I, I, um, spoke these words with many years ago, probably 15, 20 years ago to, um, a teenager in the ward. And I had learned that she had been cutting and, and when I said that to her, I said, I know this is not your fault. She just like was such relief. She just, Oh, she said, I know it's not, <laughs> you know, just in the sense, like, like, this is what she was feeling too. And we had a beautiful conversation and I just offered my love and support for at any moment that she felt like she needed someone to reach out to. She could reach out to me. Okay. My second suggestion is that you can show up on someone's doorstep with flowers. Isn't that beautiful that my friend did that? She just showed up. She didn't know what was going on. I didn't give her all the details. I surely did not. I didn't give her hardly any, but just to have that, uh, was so awesome. And, and you know what, if, if you're the mom that is, um, that is really occupied with trying to care for a child with mental illness, you're the one that needs flowers, I give you the same suggestion. Just show up on someone else's doorstep with flowers and say hey it's it's been a bit since we've connected and I just wanted to say hi. My third suggestion is something that I learned listening in relief society and from a sister whose child was suffering with I think she said she was bipolar and and there was some there were some serious challenges going on in the home. And she said that every day that she could, she would go to the temple. And she would just be in the temple for as long as she could. And then as soon as the kids started coming home from school, she would go back home. And so when it was my time, when something really challenging was happening in the home, uh I followed this example. And I went to the temple as often as I could in a particular week. I just went every day if I could. And it brought so much peace. It was wonderful. So I offer those three suggestions um, just to create a little more space for conversations about mental health. This week is Easter week. What a beautiful week to just be able to talk about Christ and to talk a little bit more about mental illness and how Christ can heal all things, and He does bring healing in His wings. If you like the Stand Strong Podcast, please like and subscribe.